Hey, it's V, back from square one. Regulated, life is still upside down. And as I've been experimenting through conventional and unconventional mental health, I'm reporting back. This time, with good news. Ready to rock, drop, and roll, <laughs> so don't get burnt. The divorce, the jail, the affairs, and my attempt to swing, I mean sing. Our lives will always be on fire, so why not raise the real rays and break the matrix? Maybe this is how it starts, as we unfuck ourselves. Let's find a way out. They don't care about you, so stop giving a fuck about them. The content of this podcast is for general purposes only, and it's not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition or disease or substitute for medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician, mental health professional, or any other qualified medical health provider with any questions you may have regarding your medical condition or treatment before starting or discontinuing treatment. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts or a crisis, please reach out immediately to the Suicide Prevention Line at 800-273-8255. Hi, everyone. My name is Anna, and I host mental health retreats to help um, professionals and entrepreneurs manage stress and burnout. Um, so I started the business of healing journey retreats based on my own healing journey with mental health recovery. So, uh, for the past 10 years or so, I've worked in the tech industry and just had many, uh, repeats of burnout, anxiety, and depression. Um, I think it's just like a very high stress environment and, um, the pace is quite fast and, You know, I was at one point or maybe even still very um, passionate and I'll kind of always give like 150%, but it's not really always sustainable. So I think I kind of learned the hard way that uh, it's important to take rest <laughs> and to find out kind of a pace and cadence that work for you. And that could look really different from person to person. So yeah, I think you know, the whole hustle culture and just being, I don't know, overly passionate or caring too much has always brought me to, you know, um, taking pride in being a perfectionist and taking pride in going above and beyond of what I was asked to do. Like, that's basically my interview answers for, for a decade, you know, like, tell me about yourself. Then I'd be like, I'm super passionate. I care a lot. And, You know, um, so yeah, I think it was just a huge shift from noticing that maybe the way I was, you know, living or working wasn't really sustainable in the long run. So um, yeah, this wake up call kind of gave me uh, like maybe a window of introspection to kind of like taking a look at my my life and the patterns that it was creating, which is again, like the burnout, anxiety, depression, um, and really just trying to see like, okay, is, is this how I want to live the next 10 years or the next 20, 30 years? Um, so, so yeah, I would say like the personal journey with, with mental health recovery, um, has kind of led me to this path, uh, so far. So tell me, you know, um, after so many years of working the IT world, as you had mentioned during our, our warm up call, you know, what it was that turning point in the workplace that that took you sort of outside of your perspective and said, you know what, I 
want something else. I deserve more. I deserve more of a balanced life, despite of perhaps being raised, you know, to be part of the hustle world, to, you know, go the extra mile to to make it big or go home and 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 sort of breaking your own value. So this is kind of how it happened. So every time I would burn out over the last 10 years, which I've had, I don't know, maybe like a handful of times, I would then kind of resort to traveling as maybe a way to escape kind of what was happening in my life. I also just felt really unfulfilled um, with the jobs I've held. You know, even though I was a really passionate person and I really cared a lot about the companies that I worked for, at the end of the day, there was always still like a hole in my chest feeling like, okay, Like, is this all there is to life? You know, just kind of like working super hard for someone else. I just kind of question, like, is there all there is to life? And then you just, we work like this and then we retire. (laughs) Well, we're no longer able to do that much. The traveling was really important. And then also hosting on Airbnb. So I think the flip side of traveling somewhere is meeting the people that host you or, or meeting the people that you meet on your, on your journey. And so when I was, you know, working in the tech industry, also side hustled as an Airbnb host, and that actually brought me a lot of fulfillment and actual true joy. So I started hosting around 10 years ago when like back in 2011, nobody really knew what Airbnb was. I just also really wanted to have my own hostel at one point. Cause I was like, okay, some of these hostels, are really amazing. And I learned a lot. So I think at one point, just looked at the f- recent three years, you know, top hostels in the world. And they were all concentrated in Portugal for some reason. Um, so I just went to Portugal and I stayed at all of the hostels and I even worked at some of them for about three months. Um, and then I continued on to Southeast Asia for another six months to do like market research. So I basically just lived at the hostel, worked at the hostel, did some consulting work and interviewed the owners and the managers all day, every day, trying to learn the business. Um, so yeah, I was really close to kind of like pursue this dream and to open my own back in Montreal, Canada. And then the pandemic hit. So that sent me kind of to this back into the tech <laughs> nine to seven, sometimes eight, nine grind. Yeah. And just, just kind of had to uh, maybe in a way like mourn the loss of this dream because I was so passionate about it. Um, So yeah, I I think it was at that time, it's kind of like, okay, I have to accept this reality that this thing that I was super passionate about didn't happen. You know, again, just kind of like questioning. I, I even talked about it with my therapist. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, why do I always question things? Why can't I just be fulfilled and happy like everybody else who has a great job, great boss, good pay, all this stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it was just something like was missing. So what happened? And then the universe was like, okay, well, if you're <laughs> ungrateful, then let me take that away from you. And then I got laid off. So I lost my job. And then this was kind of like that push of, okay, now what do you really want to do with your life? So yeah, then it sent me to like, just introspection (laughs) and I guess months of trying to figure out um, 
yeah, like the patterns of my life, the the negative ones and the positive ones, like what has brought me consistently fulfillment and joy. So yeah, so then I spent three months in Tulum, Mexico in the sun and that's what healed me. But yeah, that's kind of (laughs) what happened so far. I'm very much like you. I've managed to use my vacation to recover from burnout in the past. I love to travel just like you and I also love to host. And I have been an Airbnb hosted in the past. I've loved the connections and the ability that it gives you to compensate that inability to travel and meet new people. Connections have been just amazing. So I honestly can't wait to do it again. But out of so many vacations that you've taken in the past and up to this point, what made this trip to Tulum the turning point in your story? Like, what told you I'm done? For me and my partner, we... Both at the time, I mean, like most people out of the pandemic had a remote job. So we were able to work remotely. And so we planned this Tulum, Mexico trip, I think almost like a year before we actually took the trip. And we thought, you know what, the lease at our apartment is the coming up. And we actually thought of buying a place. Anyway, long story short, it was just very unaffordable with the bidding wars. So then we just thought, okay, let's just do the complete opposite of settling down and become nomads. So we moved all of our stuff into storage. So we decided to go around December 18th to March 18th. Yeah. And then um, once we got there, I think it was just like the coming out of the airport, just like the sun, feeling the sun on my face, the warm air in my lungs. And just seeing like palm trees and green everywhere and flowers blossoming. I don't know if you feel this, but when I, whenever I'm traveling, I feel like I'm just so much more brave than I usually am. Cause it's like, okay, the worst that can happen is that I'll never see these people again. So somehow, even if I say the wrong thing, or, you know, like, even if you do something crazy, um, it's you like, <laughs> There's, you don't have much to lose so so yeah so anyway I just felt like you know um this was my kind of paradise to really heal my mind body and soul back to health and I think after the three months had gone by looking back now it definitely shortened my depressive episode probably by months because had I not been there I probably would still be on antidepressants, be super depressed. And so, yeah, I think for me, it was super healing. And I, in a way, I kind of maybe wanted to design a pared down version of that three month experience into like a seven night retreat, hoping it might help other people like the way it did for me. Definitely the ability to follow your heart and follow your intuition into a direction where you need to show up for yourself. And you need to be there for yourself and and validate those needs at at any capacity. Because I think if we open the space to validating our dreams and our desires or even our physical needs, what's causing us anxiety and desperation, I think we'll be able to see some light and really reflect in which direction we want to move. So I, I think you're incredibly brave. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. And I think I got inspired by, you know, two really close, close friends of mine. So they're both entrepreneurs and they have been going, so they live in Montreal, Canada. And so the winters are even more brutal than Toronto winters. Um, so they, for the last seven or eight years, have been going to um, Thailand uh, every every winter for about four months. 
And I've always been very envious of this lifestyle. And, you know, the fact that they're entrepreneurs, that they work for themselves and um, they could just kind of work remotely. They even started doing it before the pandemic. So I thought, okay, like this is so cool. And then they just said like, you know what, if we don't leave, we get depressed. The winters are so long and <laughs> we just can't do this. And so, you know, for, for me and my partner though, we didn't go as far as Asia because the time difference is too great. And we still at the time when we had jobs or when, when I had a job, you know, I wanted to be in the same time zone as, um, or someone, something like, you know, with one hour or two, like not 12 hour time difference, but yeah, even just seeing like how my close friends have done it for, you know, almost a decade out and they have a kid. So once they had a kid, they started doing with the child and then they have a second baby on the way. So it's just super inspiring. Like, okay, so this is another way that people can live, you know, and it's really just like, okay, what are the environments that makes me thrive? And for both of them, they're like, winter is not one of them. So what makes us thrive is being a way they love Chiang Mai. So they love Thailand um, Vietnam and they, they, there's a huge nomad, um, community out there, expats and whatnot. And so they're just like, you know, doing like, just joining all these different expat groups and, um, and yeah, just like my friends, he loves hockey. So he started like a hockey, obviously like not on ice, but like just floor hockey, um, club out there in, in Chiang Mai. So I think just kind of seeing that it's been done, over the years. And it's like, okay, let's try this and see where that brings us. Absolutely. And so I, I think it's, it's, I think those friends sort of come in handy, right? They, you reflect your needs and your hopes in someone that has already been brave and has already done it. So the wheel doesn't have to be reinvented. We just sort of have to find a tailored path for ourselves. And I have those friends and maybe you are an inspiration to me as well. Um, to find the blast push that I need to really become. Yes. Yes. To really say, you know what? No F's given. I let's go sell something. I have no idea what, but we'll see. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your background in neuroscience, because I think having uh, a little bit of that really definitely helps um, one reshift the mind, especially recognize the symptoms that we ha we're having, that sometimes medication is not a long-term fix uh, for somebody that wants to sit there and really find the, the real cause of our, of our anxiety. Yeah. So I studied neuroscience back at McGill University, and I really just felt like, you know, if I was to spend four years of my time and money learning something, I better be like, it better be something I'm super interested about. So, um, it's still a very much new topic. I mean, way back when I, um, when I studied, there was only 24 graduates from the undergrad program. And then when I got to, you know, go for a job interviews, people were asking me like, wow, what is neuroscience? Like, are you reading my mind right now? You know? And it's like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. And, and like nowadays, I'm really glad that there are so many, you know, um, so many people out there, and TED Talks, you know, Dr. Huberman, like so many uh, podcasts and YouTube videos, uh, people on TikTok talking about neuroscience. And I think it's, it's really kind of um, like when I was going through my own mental health struggles, it really helped to know the knowledge of like, okay, so this is why I get stressed. 
Um, this is why my brain is reacting this way. And because of the way that my brain is reacting, this is why I'm having these physical symptoms. So like everything is kind of like logical and laid out for you. And so I think, you know, like they say that the first step to recovery is like, first of all, awareness, you have to be aware of what's happening. And then it's like acceptance and so on and so forth. I think for me, um, it's just being aware of how the brain works has been tremendously eye-opening for my own healing journey. But again, that alone was not enough. And I think that's the notion these days. It's like, okay, there's like a magic button that just, you know, makes all my problems go away. And I feel like the way to describe it is like, there's like a platform or there's like a house on top of it and that, and that's you. Right. And then there's all these pillars underneath it that uphold this at a level. So let's say, you know, you don't just need one pillar. Like for me, for example, if I only went to therapy and I didn't do anything else, I probably would just fall apart, <laughs> even though I'm a strong believer in therapy, you know, and like, I kind of joke by saying everybody needs to have a therapist, like preferably a sign at birth because we're not taught how to like process our emotions and deal with everything. Um, so I think in a way like neuro studying neuroscience has helped me with that one pillar. And then like going to therapy is another way to like continue the practice. It's kind of like you go to the gym right? Um, you can hire like a personal coach or a fitness trainer and then, but you still have to do the exercises, right? So I think like only knowing how to do a squat or how to, you know, do certain moves or how the brain works is not going to just change your thought patterns overnight. You have to continue to practice changing your behaviors, changing your thought patterns. And that's like the actual, you know, doing the squat and the pushups, all that repetitiveness. Um, and then for me, another thing is like journaling or writing, you know, but maybe for somebody else it's completely different. It's like, they must go hike. You know, I have another friend, they moved to Alberta, um, in Canada because that's where all the Rocky mountains are, you know, on the other side of BC and, and they go like hiking, they go hiking every weekend and that's their therapy. You know, for some people it's dance, um, my mom, she, she, she does dance. I like, that's her side hustle. I feel like she's been doing it for 10 years. She, she has like some sort of a dance class every day of the week or like six out of seven days a week for like an hour or two. So that's therapy for her. For some people, it's like surfing, right? Some people it's gardening, painting. So I think we all have to find the pillars that work for us. And then what's crazy is that when life's happen and things change, your pillars might become different, right? At some point when I was on antidepressants really helped me. But then, you know, if you take, if you want to take one pillar away, let's say like, I want to wean off of antidepressants, maybe then you need to have another pillar in that place or, or strengthen some of the other ones so that, you know, you are supported and, and in a stable place once you take one thing off. Right. And like, let's say, you know, I stopped meditating um, as well, or I stop doing yoga because I get lazy and I'm not as you know disciplined anymore. I stop working out. Then maybe then I you know do more journaling, or then you know I do this other thing called Yoni Circle, which is like a women's circle online, and I find that super um, healing as well. So yeah, I think it's just finding different pillars that work for you, and then be flexible um, to kind of like strengthen certain ones if you want to take other ones out. But yeah, it's a constant, it's a, it's a journey. It's a constant <laughs> healing. is a journey. <laughs>
Yes, it is. It's incredibly fascinating, the idea that you're introducing, and it makes absolute sense, where we not only need one support system, we need multiple. And if one goes missing, so it's important to substitute that because we're definitely going to regress. And I've seen that. It makes absolute sense. You know, therapy is not enough. You know, perhaps medication, perhaps your hobbies, perhaps feeling engaged, perhaps feeling a sense of support or belonging, you know, are all going to add up for you to become better, recover, or perhaps excel in that uh, struggle that you're facing. Um, it's incredibly fascinating. It, it, it makes absolute sense. Thank you for sharing that. It's a constant change. And I mean, that's, that's just what life is. It's changing all the time. And based on where you are in your life stage, what's happening, like, for example, I might want to have a kid soon with my partner and that kind of throws in a completely new factor into my life. And so maybe things like yoga or meditation might not become accessible to me anymore once I'm a new mother, right? So like, and I think everyone's healing journey is different, right? Everyone's life journey is different and work, what has worked for someone might not work for you and vice versa. And maybe what has worked for me five years ago doesn't work for me today, Right. So I think it's it's just a constant it's like you you have to kind of uh, just adapt what what might work for you and, and where you are in your life and on your healing journey. Mm -hmm. For sure. Not all journeys are the same. That's for sure. And tell me a little bit more about that mental health retreat that you host. I would love to hear more about it. Yeah. So um, again, the healing journey retreats, uh, I host mental wellness retreats to help um, professionals and entrepreneurs manage stress and burnout. So I partner with therapists, again, I mentioned because I'm a strong believer in therapy, um, and psychologists as the retreat facilitators to offer a more evidence-based approach. Um, so, you know, while still incorporating like yoga, like time on the beach, like snorkeling with turtles and all that fun stuff. So yeah, so for the next retreat, um, I've partnered with a certified therapist who is also a professor of psychology with 25 years of teaching experience. She's also worked at rehab centers for addiction and mental health. So she's really well-trained in crisis intervention, mental health. So, so yeah, so the retreat will be taking place in beautiful Tulum, Mexico on January 7th to the 14th. So it's only Sunday to Sunday. So hopefully that'll be easy for people to take just Monday to Friday off um, and just kind of start the new year. You know, some people take like an extra week to uh, after the, the Christmas holiday. So I think, you know, January 7th is kind of a good time to still just take that extra time for yourself to reset you know, recharge and maybe kick off the new year by putting themselves first and their mental health first. So yeah, people can definitely find me at the healing journey retreats with an S.com. So the healing journey retreats.com. And I'm also on social media at healing journey retreats. So social media is healing journey retreats with an S and the website is the healing journey retreats.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate um, your time and your energy and just sharing these resources with you, with us. I'm sorry. And along with your story, it just makes it um, worthwhile. Thanks, B. Bye. Bye now. That's it, folks. Maybe this is how it starts for you, I, and anyone else in our journey. Hope you like this content. Please follow, download, and share. Hope you had a great one. See you next time.